0: Today on the Lady Voice podcast, we want to talk about the idea of masturbation as a way to meet yourself, reclaim your body, work through internalized objectification, and dislodge the patriarchal belief systems that you inherited.
1: Welcome to the Lady Voice podcast, Dismantle the Patriarchy in Your Mind, with Danielle and Jenny. I think what's great about like beginning to explore our own bodies is that it's like it, we have all the space and time to explore ourselves in this non linear way, which sort of is this like patriarchal way, you know, getting from like start to finish is like this patriarchal idea of pleasure, what we should be experiencing. But I really like the idea of self pleasure and giving it a lot of time or space. Or no agenda whatsoever other than exploration. you know, in my experience, where I've gotten sort of caught up in my own pleasure experience is that it needs to be a certain way, it needs to be linear or goal oriented.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the idea of the female orgasm because I think this idea is at the heart of all of this. and The female orgasm is this great mystery to everyone, including women who have them, (laughs) at least initially. And I think that there's a patriarchal belief around the female orgasm. In fact, I know there is. I just was reading an article written by BBC. It was actually tipped off to me from a friend. And in this article, they're like, we don't know why women have orgasms. Is it because all genitals start out the same in utero? And so women just by default can have an orgasm? That's oh my god, so horrible. And then this other lady's like, no, absolutely not. There is a reason for the female orgasm. We just haven't discovered it yet because evolutionarily speaking, what isn't needed disappears. And so the fact that through all of our evolution and all of this process of like the human experience, the female orgasm is still here means there is a reason for it. (laughs) I feel like this conversation is actually really abusive to women. I think it puts a lot of pressure on women who aren't having orgasms. And then I think it puts a lot of pressure on women who are having orgasms to perform them, to express them. I have observed with a lot of like sex coaches, orgasms become a performance and they might not be experiencing that personally, but to sell the idea of an orgasm, it's like this uptake. Thing like to make it clickbait, it's like such a performance. So like the female orgasm is still so performance oriented. Uh, everyone can have a vaginal orgasm. Everyone can have a cervical orgasm. Everyone should be able to have a, a clitoral orgasm. Everyone should be able to squirt. Everyone should be able to do this thing. Everyone should enjoy anal sex. Everyone should enjoy all of these things. Right. And so if you're in the like sex, Health coaching arena, it's about you should just want to be doing everything all the time. And that's like your healthy sex window, or that's like the healthy sex picture. Like all women should just want all things at all times. I just find it unhelpful because we are still so conditioned to be objects. So if you haven't challenged your internalized objectification, and then you're like, well, I'm going to learn how to have an orgasm. I'm going to learn how to masturbate, self-pleasure, all of these things. It all gets pushed into this arena, most of it. And I think for most people, it's still with the male gaze in mind. And you can see that like Layla Martin videos, um, the Kimamani videos, everything's geared towards male sexuality, male gaze. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that if that's what you're into, but it's still putting pressure unconsciously on women to be performing even in masturbation. What does it mean to stop performing for yourself in masturbation? Like, what does it mean? And this is where no one wants to go. Every woman that I've ever worked with, that we have this conversation initially has so much resistance to this conversation. And I also had a lot of resistance to this conversation when I first started having it with myself because it feels like a lot of work and you're already putting in so much work. The amount of work women are putting into their objectification, it's really overwhelming to be like, there's more to add to this. I want to challenge that idea. (laughs) And it's not about adding more. It's actually about taking it all away. What if you take it all away and you look at this with like fresh eyes? What if you're meeting your sexuality for the first time? Because I think for most women, we haven't actually met ourselves sexually. If you're a person who is struggling to have an orgasm, if you're a person who's struggling to have an orgasm with a partner, you're a person who's struggling with body image and how it makes you feel sexually, like all of these things, if you're struggling at all in the sexual arena and like women, statistically, you're looking at like 85% of women at some point in their life have sexual dysfunction. There is a disconnect with your feelings and your physical expression. What is happening? That is huge. And you're looking at This history, we know for sure it's like 3,000 years of female suppression. We have been viewed as defunct men. And that's a lot to unravel (laughs) right now. But I think we're at a place where that is what we're unraveling. And in it, understanding that female sexuality has been so suppressed. And the reason for that is. (laughs) Male insecurity. (laughs) Like, if I belong to myself sexually, what does a man give me? Right? If I don't need a man to pay for me, I don't need a man to sexually please me. I don't need a man because I don't want children. Like, that this idea in the patriarchy is men become obsolete, which is not true. The foundation of all of this is that men decided they wanted to control nature. (laughs) They are fixed in this idea. And women's bodies are nature. We are changing. We are having cycles. So we are viewed as something to commodify just as all of nature has been commodified. This is like why women's sexuality is so misunderstood (laughs) and so suppressed. Because there's so much power in your sexual nature. And we see that in men in society, like men using their sexuality to wield power. And I don't think it's always like very positive, but you do see that. And like women right now are wielding sexuality as power, but in a very male framework which is fine like no shame at all however you're doing it but it's still like if we didn't have men what would female sexuality even look like
1: you shared that video of what what was that woman's name the fashion designer or something um, from britain and sitting on a chair being interviewed and she's like was married and moved to the u.s and
0: oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah And her reclaiming of her sexuality through masturbation and how she loved her husband.
1: And she's felt so like satisfied and so in herself and so alive and like makes her not want for anything.
0: Yeah, it was Style Like You, the YouTube channel. And the woman that they interviewed was Lou Featherstone. And I really loved that video for a number of reasons because I feel like it really sums up the feminine experience right now I feel like feminism like pushed open doors and there is like a group of women I think they're predominantly white women who are trying to be white men it does not make any sense to me and I feel like there's like a group of women that are like what's happening? You know, like, okay, we knocked down some barriers. So what are we doing? Like, why are we even trying to play this game? Like for me, I'm just like, I don't feel like white feminism upholds values for all people. I think it's about white women. And so Lou Featherstone, this is not what she was saying, but what I appreciated about her conversation she was having with herself is, She'd always seen herself as this like very sexual sexualized woman and that she was really good at sex like she had perfected her sex game. So in that statement though is objectification, right? Because it's about your own self-pleasure but it's also how to be pleasurable to someone else. And then she discovered vibrators. Her and her husband were like kind of in a rocky patch in their marriage and she was doing online Videos. I'm not exactly sure what she's doing, but she got sponsored by a vibrator company and it was through vibrators that she found herself and liberated herself from some of her internalized objectification patterns. And in doing that left her husband. (laughs) And so the best part of that video was her excitement at her liberation, but also her grief at the ending of her marriage, like that her marriage couldn't move forward with her and that he didn't understand it and that he felt sad. And she was sad that they couldn't be together. And I feel like, isn't that it exactly right now? (laughs) For most women, I know it's like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: we want men to be here with us. Like I want a man to be here with me, but I'm not going to go backwards. I'm not going back to make that happen. I'm not going to start objectifying myself to create room for a man to be here with me. And there aren't very many men that I know personally that are having a conversation that is creating space for a woman to be herself, not an object.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's been so conditioned out of us, you know. We're supposed to fit into these roles of being pleasers and taking care of him, you know. Yeah. I think it's a big deal. And it does feel like there's this big movement, like collective labor. It's like we're being invited right now to like hold our own. <laughs> and it's really hard. It's not mainstream, it's not everywhere. We don't have a lot of examples. Maybe we find some friends who are talking about this, but most people are not. You know, it just feels like kind of a lonely field. And so I think, I don't know, this conversation about masturbation is like really probably super essential to this place that we are all together right now. Like, not masturbation to like get off <laughs> as the end goal, like, masturbation to like get to know our bodies and like, Feel what they feel like and feel the way your fluids are at different times in your cycle, or like create sensation to feel sensation that has no goal at all. And in doing that, it feels like the practice and the art of like coming back to maybe our true nature and ourselves. And if we can hold that kind of space for ourselves, then we invite men to move forward to that place with us you know but we have to stay there we can't like go back to what we've been doing you know for however long as pleasers
0: Mm -hmm. like
1: linear place of like okay let's get each other off I mean sometimes
0: that's fun but like (laughs) but it's only fun if you really trust the person I mean it's fun like the first couple of times (laughs) right <laughs> but like for it to continue to be fun it's only fun if there's trust and the more, or, yeah yeah the more you trust yourself the less exciting it is to be with someone that you can't trust <laughs> <laughs> the more you've created a relationship with yourself it's like you can't go have a good time with someone that you don't trust i grew up in the lds community and so masturbation I didn't even know that word until I was like in junior high. It was not like, I didn't know it. I like the first time I heard it, I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, please explain. And then I got a horrible explanation. I don't even remember the words, but it was definitely, I was like, wow, I'll never do that. But it turns out I had been masturbating since I was like three. <laughs> And, like, I just didn't know. I was just, like, yeah, you just move and then this feels good. Right. So I didn't have an association with it. And so, even when the term masturbation was introduced to me, I still didn't know that's what I was doing. Like, I, <laughs> because what I was doing was so, like, organic and pure and, like, pleasurable. And then what was defined for me was this, like, creepy, impure experience that God definitely was against and Jesus hated so and so did the prophet of the church the prophet of the church was (laughs) anti-masturbation and so I just didn't get it like I didn't even I didn't put it all together until I was much older and um and then once I did put it together masturbation became a whole other thing for me for a while like it didn't feel the same it felt like oh I'm supposed to be doing this differently or it was almost like a church's definition of masturbation infiltrated like my inner sanctum and so it stopped feeling the same to me for a while it was like there was like a shadowy aspect to it and I was like wow I just like don't even want to do this anymore And I find that to be really interesting now looking back Um, and it's to me like how churches control an individual by controlling sexuality. It's like a huge mechanism of control. And if you think about sexuality as like your baseline to everything, because it really is like your sexual nature is at the heart, like this, like, I think this very pure expression of energy. And it is in everything if you are in everything, right? I feel like this was confusing to me at first when people are like, your sexual energy is your creative energy. And so you're using your vital force to create and you're doing all this stuff. And I was like, what? Like, it just sounds like you're trying to fuck everything you're doing. (laughs) But if you are in yourself, a pure expression of yourself, sexuality is in there. You're not suppressing that aspect of yourself. That's how I think of it. It's like, you're not suppressing anything. You're allowing your sexual nature to move in your body. And it's sort of like has its own rhythm and its own cycle. I think it's really unhelpful in the sexual self-help community to be like, you need to be masturbating every day. You need to be doing this every day and you need to be working at this. And it's just like another to-do list. I feel like masturbation becomes a to-do list. That sounds fun sometimes, but a lot of the time just seems like too much fucking work. And it's like you quit because there's this huge mental, emotional
1: block. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because you know being a mom of a kid who has lots of playdates with boys and girls you know everybody's masturbating (laughs) around the house you know everyone's just but it's not like it's not like oh let me go get myself off it's like oh this is feeling really good I'm just gonna lay here on the floor for a minute and just move for a little while don't ask me to move anywhere else like (laughs) it's like that and it's not there's not like this Ah, moment. You know, it's just like it's just like these little human bodies having little pleasure experiences integrated into their lives. Like it's not like oh, this is masturbation or oh, I'm doing this thing. It's just like oh, I'm like so in my body. I'm playing, and now I'm on the floor, and it feels good. And I'm getting up, and I'm playing again. And like I don't know.
0: Well, it's pure expression.
1: It's pure expression,
0: and there isn't an idea around it for them at this stage that there's something wrong with it i mean i think one of the most abusive things about the church the church you know any religion is the sexual suppression and what that does to the human psyche you cannot suppress your own nature you cannot suppress your own energy energy has to have an outlet and so if you've internalized shame, like what I see for a lot of women with sexual dysfunction is so much suppression that everything starts to suppress. And I don't think like all depression is sexual suppression, but I do see in depression, there is like this suppression of energy, like you know, and there's different reasons why this is happening, and it's a lifetime's evolution to get into chronic depression. But there is like a suppression element, even if you're a really sexual person, you're being sexualized. Typically, what I see it's like sexualization through objectification, and so you're having like a surface experience, but there isn't this like deeper. Experience that to me, orgasm is like the deepest experience I could have as like a an avid meditator for 20 years. <laughs> orgasm is the best meditation. It opens all the doors. And so people are like, What's the point of an orgasm? I don't think it's about seminal mission because some men retain sperm when orgasming. And also, I would like to throw out that men can ejaculate sperm without orgasm. It doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. And so the idea that orgasm is only about procreation is bullshit. That's my takeaway on this. Like if you take anything away from this, orgasm is about at its best opening an internal door. Like you get to go home to yourself for like, however long that orgasm lasts. And then a little bit afterwards, because you're just like in the orgasm glow, it's like who you actually are. I think orgasm is an incredible gift <laughs> of being human. It's like, do you get to actually experience without making another person? Can you experience the act, the energy of total creation? Like, is it um? mini big bang in your own body. Like if you think about like the big bang theory and the development of the universe, like, I don't know, we're, I'm way out here on this, but it's like, this energy is so potent. And like when I really started to make masturbation more intentional and to create a different relationship with my body, my orgasms changed so dramatically that I was like, wow. And I think that's why it's really easy for me to not date anyone right now. From most of my like brief interactions, I already know what isn't available to me with this person. So I'm like, no. (laughs) And I sent you a video. It was a comedian. I don't remember his name, but he was like, uh, dating independent women. And I think he's like trying to rip on independent women. And like it was funny to me, but I don't think it was funny in the way that he meant it to be funny, where he met this woman who's like, Yeah, okay. Like, if you want to get in my life, like I'm running a marathon. And so he showed up for this marathon or something. And then afterwards, she's like, All right, well, you could hang with that. Like, I guess you could come over. And so she somehow, in all of this, She opens up her drawer of sex toys. and It's like so many. And he's like, how can I even compete with that? And it's like, well, yeah, exactly. And So then she's like, here, hold this remote. And then she is over on the bed doing something. And he's just standing there, like working a remote. And then she has like the best orgasm of her life. And she just wants to go to bed. And he's like standing there. She's like, no, that remote doesn't. You didn't do anything. I just gave you the remote so you felt like (laughs) you were helpful. (laughs) But like the remote didn't do anything. Like that remote doesn't even go to this toy. And so he just left there standing (laughs) this remote, holding this remote in his hand. And I think he thought it would be funny, like the jokes on her somehow, like, oh, these women. But I'm like, I don't have space for that mentality. And I feel like what's obsolete (laughs) in this is the conversation around male sexuality and that only male sexuality can be the focal point in a relationship. And that to me is my takeaway from that. Like historically, it's about him providing the pleasure. He opens the door to your body and then you might get to have an orgasm, but he will definitely orgasm. And then he will decide if he will give you pleasure again later. And a woman's just like waiting for that. Where now it's like, well, actually, what are you bringing to the table that isn't your dick? (laughs) Because dicks are optional in 2021, you know? And like, I would like one, (laughs) but what is attached to it? So I don't need it. And if you're not like bringing me something deeper, something more meaningful, like I'm definitely, I could care less about some sexual experience with you. because. You aren't like the idea that men give women orgasms. I think I've said this before in this podcast. And that was even in this BBC article, like, you know, the right stimulation and, you know, women needing to receive pleasure to have this thing. And it's like, no. And this is the key, I think, (laughs) to masturbation and why masturbation is so important is you realize you are the key to your own orgasm. and. If you are with a partner, it's about a partner giving you the space and creating the depth and creating a sense of security and a sense of trust for you to orgasm with them. This idea that men have is that they make us orgasm through performance, through technique, which that is helpful. And yes, but you do not give me an orgasm. It's my internal process that gives me an orgasm. And it's the space that I can create in this union to have an orgasm. I have to go deep. Like I have to be able to go in. And if you're a performer, you are not going in, you are staying on the surface of the experience and you're worried about what your body's looking like in the moment. You're worried about being judged against other women that this person's slept with. You're worried about, you know, Are you too heavy right now? Like, do you need to lose weight? You're worried about what your hair looks like, like your face, all of these things. You stay on the surface and you may have an orgasm there, but it's not as deep and as powerful as orgasms can be because there's definitely like a scale, like the earthquake scale from zero to 10. I'm like going for 10 every time. Like, why would I even fuck around? Mm When I first started really getting into masturbation, I was like, oh, like understanding these different trigger points in my body and recognizing that it's all the clitoris. There isn't just a clitoral orgasm and then a G-spot and then a cervical orgasm. The clitoris is so large. The clitoris is involved in all of your orgasming and it amplifies the other orgasms so g-spot orgasm which i think this is interesting the g-spot is for women what the prostate is for men and so in women it's this unused gland and so it's underdeveloped but you can feel it sometimes in certain women's vaginas and then other vaginas you can't feel it at all But it's the same pleasure sensory as like stimulating the prostate for men. It's there for women. And that is what the G-spot is. And that's why some women are able to ejaculate because they have a more developed prostate there. Mm -hmm. This gland is more developed. And so it still has the ability to ejaculate. So fun fact. And then you have the cervical orgasm, which to me is like... (sighs) The one I want all the time. Like, I want it involved in every orgasm I have. But the cervix is so sensitive. And if you are stressed out and holding a lot of tension in the pelvic floor, the cervix is actually very tender and sore. And so there has to be space for a release of tension before you're able to orgasm cervically. And if you're in a performative relationship, a performative experience, there isn't the space that you might need to relax the cervix to have an orgasm there. And that can become an issue and why so many women haven't ever had one. And it's also like a really deep process. Like you, it's like go towards the surge. I just remember you saying that one of our podcasts, like go Go to the the surge. surge. (laughs) You have to really be able to like, Get sucked into that wave, that sensory wave. And it's like you have to really just like be able to go all in full speed and like ride that out with yourself. And that is where having a tentative partner is helpful because they're allowing you that space. They're like taking cues from your body and they're like following the signals. But if you're with a partner, it's like, I know what I'm doing, <laughs> you're not, <laughs> you know like no one knows I, anything i know i'm dated guys who are like i really know what i'm doing i'm like you know nothing you know nothing and i don't want to have sex with you but men who are like i'm really good in bed i'm like no <laughs> there is no space in this for me <laughs> i am leaving I do yeah there's no space here <laughs> for me if you are so good in bed <laughs> cervical orgasms are the my favorite oh
1: holy grail
0: <laughs> are. i have a joke that i want like a triple double like <laughs> was, like initially i was like all right i'm going for three in a row and i want to <laughs> definitely have the sensation of two parts of my body highlighting the orgasm at the same time mm-hmm. it was a lot of work but then mm-hmm. i got really good at it <laughs> and it wasn't that much work and i was like triple double triple double
1: so let's talk about this because I don't, I've never had a cervical orgasm by myself. I feel like I get, um, I really struggle with vibrators. Like, I hate vibrators, my body just shuts, it just is like, God, just zings my whole body. And every time I like try to do it again, I'm just like, yeah I hate this feeling. And it's just like zero to 500. And I'm like, that's not what I want i really hate vibrators i hate them slow yeah i want like a slow build not time not time slow but like i want a a a growing like pulsation i don't want this like
0: you know (laughs) i feel like vibrators are like our culture (laughs) like yeah (laughs) i feel like at first you're like oh that's fun like oh yeah Okay, and then you're like, ah, and then you might have an orgasm that's like jarring. It's like I can't be in my parasympathetic nervous system with them. I'm like, ah. it's like yeah. riding a wild animal. Yeah,
1: go for it if you. That is your thing. Totally. I'm just like, I cannot. I I've tried a lot of times to connect with that medium, and I can't. And so I I tried. You know, I've dabbled with dildos yeah, I get frustrated though. There's something that I haven't accessed yet in like making contact with my own cervix, how to do that and how to get pleasure from that. Like the only way I've had cervical orgasms is with Dick and only when I felt like super open-hearted and that's been magical, like really magical, but it's only come through like deep connection. And I, I think it would be really amazing to experience that independently, you know, like as an individual without somebody else, like to have that deep connection and make contact somehow that doesn't feel
0: lifeless. Well, it's interesting you say heart open because at the time I started experimenting with cervical orgasms, one, I didn't even like I was in my thirties when I learned about a cervical orgasm because they weren't something I was naturally having. I know like some women, it's just really easy for them to have cervical orgasms. So not me. I like had no idea that I could have a cervical orgasm until I had read about it. Sort of like everything on my body. Like (laughs) what is that gland on your nipple? Okay. Just like everything on my body, I didn't know about the Montgomery gland, of course, named after a man on the areola. But that gland is incredible. It's those little bumps around the nipple, like on your areola. And they aren't there for no reason, of course. <laughs> they are there because they are taking samples of saliva. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Samples of the baby's saliva that is breastfeeding. And then Doing an analysis and giving the baby in the next feeding what it needs, minerally, protein wise like, does it need this vitamin, whatever the fuck, dude? It is like this chemist in the boob. I was like 34 when I learned about this. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't I know this before now? But just like the Montgomery gland, I didn't know about cervical orgasms. And so when I Learned about them. I was in this really deep meditative time of my life. Like, I basically quit society. I was living in my version of a cave, and I was like so in it. And I was doing a constant, like, mantra sort of like meditative talk to myself about opening my heart, like, opening my heart to trust life because my heart was like so closed and like, I did not trust my life. I grew up in a really toxic environment and like had gone through a very toxic relationship. And so I was like, my heart is so closed down and like, I don't trust life. And so I was constantly having a conversation of like, it is safe to open your heart to life. Like it is safe to open up your heart here. And the first thing I had read in like eastern thought esoteric thought around sexuality is that there's like an inner energy channel from the genitals up to the heart and that when you're trying to work through like tantric practices for men in particular but also for women and you're trying to learn how to orgasm without ejaculation The idea is you find this inner channel inside of you. And as you're feeling arousal, you're like pulling the energy to your heart. You're not like keeping it localized and focal in the lower region of your body. Like you're trying to move it up and it's in through moving it up that you become a master of your orgasm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start practicing that, which was awesome because the greatest heart opening exercise I could do was masturbation. So (laughs) it's like having an orgasm turned out to be the most heart opening experience I could have. If my focus was on heart opening, because I'd had plenty of orgasms prior to this that didn't open my heart, like that sensation, like a really good cry opens your heart. Like there's so many things that can happen where you feel like heart open and vulnerable and like connected. And once I started this practice, like orgasms were starting to be that for me. And so with a cervical orgasm, like at first, I was like, I don't know how to do this. And this is weird. I'm like, this isn't working. I think a step-by-step how to masturbate and have a cervical orgasm by yourself process would be do not have the intention to orgasm. Liberate yourself always from the pressure of orgasming because there is nonstop pressure on women to orgasm everywhere. And if you are pressurizing yourself, you are being the patriarchy. (laughs) You are being the oppressor to female sexuality without intentionally doing it. But that idea is the feminine oppressor. And so I think that's the first step is to meet your body with curiosity. And that also has been tainted because there's all of these practitioners that are like, be curious about your body. Let's get weird. Let's get really <laughs> weird. And that's cool if you're into it, but like, I'm not into it. I know a lot of people who aren't into it. So it's sort of like a turnoff and sexuality is a total spectrum. And so there is like a group that loves to get weird. And I think that's great. But if you're not in that group, it doesn't feel good or exciting. And so this is a different type of curiosity. It's about feelings, <laughs> being curious about your feelings when going into this state. And with the cervix, it's gentle pressure initially to release tension. And all you have to do to have a cervical orgasm, you don't have to move, you don't have to do anything. You just keep applying very gentle pressure, consistent gentle pressure. And it's through that pressure that there is a relaxation that happens in the tissue and then you're stimulating the nerve automatically. And there is like such an intense nerve that goes into that region. And when it is stimulated through orgasm, it can go into your brain. I felt like I've had heart orgasms. I felt like I had brain like firework orgasms where I'm like seeing so much color. It's like, freaking DMT. I don't know. It just was like so intense. And then I've had it where it's just like literally feels like I am giving myself a hug and I'm like crying at the end. It's like so sweet and soft. It's like whatever you needed to be. With cervical orgasms for me, I was like, okay, the second I'd start to feel a sense of pleasure in my cervix, I would stop thinking about my cervix because you don't have to think all you're doing is putting pressure on the cervix. You don't have to do anything else. So then it's what do you do emotionally for yourself in this experience? What do you do mentally for yourself in this experience? And for me, I would be like, okay, I'm going in and like pulling all this energy up into my heart. Like, and so that is what I would start doing. I would start doing this like meditation there of, like, I'm opening my heart to this. I'm opening my heart to this. And, like, I'm opening up to this, like, feeling. And, um, and that, guys, is how I have my first <laughs> cervical orgasm. But once you Amazing. have one, yeah. it's easy to go back to because you're like, oh, I found the fucking magical path to my cervix. Oh, so great. Did you use a dildo then? To reach yeah. It? I okay. use, like, a glass dildo. So I don't need a fake okay. dick in my vagina. <laughs> I love love that idea of like
1: God, I even wish we could like and like cancel the word masturbation and coin a new term just because we have so much association with masturbation, you know, being goal results oriented. But like I love that idea of going in, not needing to do anything, just simply making contact and then just like being with your own heart and your own like feeling, I just good, like, man, that seems like so perfect. I don't, I've never thought of it that way. I'm like, I want to go do that right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Me too>. um, <laughs> that's the thing though. Like we think about sex, masturbation. It's like a fantasy. You're fantasizing about this person. I never fantasize about anyone. Because I don't have space for fantasy here. Like this is a real life situation. I am having actual experience with my body. And I think fantasies are great. There is definitely space for fantasy in sexuality. But you are trying to have a new experience with yourself. Focusing on another person is only going to bring in your objectification. And that's where we judge ourselves. So self-judgment gets in there. Or you're like the hottest, sexiest person in it because it's like, yeah, yeah. And you're still like way outside of yourself, mm-hmm. imagining yourself. And it's sort of like body dysmorphia. I feel like fantasies can have like body dysmorphic qualities because you're seeing yourself in this perfect, idolized state that all of a sudden you come back to yourself and you're like, I'm not that, <laughs> you know? And it's really like depressing. And so, fuck that, fuck all of that. And I feel like masturbation has been totally tainted by the porn industry, you know? And like, it's really sexy to watch someone else have sex sometimes, but also like not the point of sex in my opinion. So let's get rid of that. I think porn is so toxic and not helpful it's a quick way to have a very quick surface sort of orgasm if that's what you're looking for but it's like if you could eat the best meal of your life every fucking day it's seven courses the best wine pairings or you could go get McDonald's what are you going to fucking do man turn off porn go for the seven course meal with all the wine pairings and like go for it just go for it because it's so readily available to you the more you practice it that it it seems like fast food at the end but then you would taste fast food and it's just like so disgusting I don't eat fast food just a little throwing that out there I haven't eaten fast food in 10 years and I feel like it really correlates to sex too it's like a what are you going for in life like do you want the best experience or do you want just like this mediocre like kind of quick fix experience now that we've piqued your interest, <laughs> I would just like to say, you know, like everything's in ebb and flow. And lately, truly, I haven't had any interest in pursuing the cervical orgasm or any orgasm. Like, I'm exhausted. The world has gone to hell. I don't know what's happening every day. is like the saddest news stories. And so I still have like a self care practice that involves my vagina. And I think that is a way to reframe masturbation as self-care. In the truest sense, taking care of these muscles is so fundamental to so much of your health, actually. My practice here in this part of my body has been more about self-care. Like I am holding so much tension in my lower pelvic floor and those muscles are really linked to the psoas, which is the muscle that is wired into the sympathetic response, meaning your flight, fight, bond, response. Self-care has been just releasing tension in those muscles. We referenced at one point Tammy Kent's Wild Feminine. This is something she talks about in that book. It's like releasing tension, releasing emotion through pelvic floor work. And There are correlations of this work to the tantric philosophy. Like tantra was not all about like wild sex. It was actually a fundamental way for men and women to be in touch with their true nature. And it starts in the lower pelvic floor. So much of it is in the lower pelvic floor. Just releasing tension in those muscles is so helpful and necessary. And loving. I think it's like one of the most loving things you can do because it's the most rejected part of the woman's body. Like most women reject their vagina or only see it as something to be used by another person. I think reclaiming these muscles and treating them like the rest of the muscles in your body and understanding the way you hold tension in them is fundamental to it's fundamental to emotional well-being because when you relax those muscles there's like a huge relaxation that takes over the body it's really incredible so the way that works for me is i have a glass dildo a little wand <laughs> and with it i just start low in the vagina so you think of the vagina as being like 3 pieces stacked on top of each other. And you start with the lower piece. Think of it as quadrants also. Think of it as four quadrants. So think of it as a rectangle. So you're releasing muscles on each side of the rectangle. And you just gently press. It doesn't require much pressure and you can use your fingers and you're just pushing in gently, release tension. You can even do like a little massage and then go to the next quadrant and the next quadrant and the next quadrant, then go up to the middle segment, do the same thing and observe where you're holding tension. It doesn't have to be, this is what's interesting to me about these pelvic floor muscles. You're like, oh, on the left side, I'm holding tension on this lower section, but then you get up and it's not the left side in the middle section. (laughs) You're like how's that possible? <laughs> Cause it seems like all connected in this like tube of the vagina. Then you massage around the middle section and then you get up into the upper region and you're doing the same thing. And in the upper region, there's like the ceiling, that lower pelvic floor ceiling and the cervix is in there too. And so massaging all around and making connections, to the tension because it can be very emotional. You will maybe cry when releasing those muscles. When you first start this practice, it feels weird because this part of your body has only been for sex and other people (laughs) being sexual towards you. Even if you've been masturbating, like really getting in and knowing these pelvic floor muscles, it just is like, it's unfamiliar. And there may be dialogue in that for you, and that dialogue is about your internalized objectification. And so, it's important to note and um, just be aware of. There's nothing you need to do with it; just be aware of it, and you will start to become aware of it in other aspects of your life. And you're making like a holistic connection to your objectification, and it really does start in the vagina because the vagina, again, is so intricately connected to the psoas. These lower pelvic floor muscles are so connected to the psoas. The psoas is your stress response. And so through suppression, there is a lot of stress on the organism. And so it all is there together. And to really work through internalized objectification, you really, I do believe this, need to get in touch with your vagina. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a conversation you have with anyone. It's just recognizing that this is a place you reject and don't feel like you can touch unless it's sexual. Realizing this is a place that you reject because sexually it's deficient in some way. I know women who've had men tell them that their vagina is too loose. What the fuck does that mean? I know women who've been told their vagina is too tight. I know women who have shame from having had a baby. I know women who have the same exact shame and they've never had a baby. There's so much shame around vaginas, and I want to liberate. If this podcast does anything, start to liberate shame of a vagina. Like it's just muscles, <laughs> and muscles hold tension, or they don't hold tension. <laughs> like. That is all they do. And it's all fine. And your pelvic bowl anatomy, like your pelvis, is unique to your body. No pelvis looks like anyone else's pelvis ever. (laughs) So it's like such a unique blueprint, actually, to you. And the shape of your pelvis can have a lot to do with how you hold tension in the lower pelvic floor. And so there's nothing wrong with your body. There's nothing wrong with your pelvis. Everyone's is different. Just creating a relationship initially with this part of your body without putting pressure on yourself to have an orgasm. You've had enough pressure to have sex. You don't need to pressure yourself into having sex with yourself. That's a patriarchy. We're done with that. So let's stop. Judging the female orgasm based on male orgasm, male sexuality. And let's take male sexuality away from female sexuality completely. Let's start fresh. I want a clean slate. I want women to approach masturbation like, I've never touched my body before. It has never been touched. I don't even know what I like. Because the reality is, that's true somewhere. (laughs) You don't know what you like if you aren't masturbating. If you've never Gone in and explored this part of your body. There is something that you will like that you don't know you like. The greatest gift you can give yourself is masturbation. It is a way to reclaim your body in the long run. It might not feel like that in moments, and it might bring up a lot of mixed emotions and feelings initially. And that is great, actually. Get curious about those feelings. Don't stop. Don't judge yourself for having them. Keep going become aware of the beliefs you hold here, because tension is a belief. Start thinking about tension in your body as a belief. Is this a belief you need to believe anymore? Is this true for you anymore? I think masturbation is self-care.